Did you ever notice how the rain sounds like an old LP when you put the needle down? Crackling hiss of a day like this makes for a sweet kind of laziness. I could practically kiss the roof above my head. Cause I'm dry, lying in my rain bed. City slickers will be slicker tonight. Windshield rain shine blurring the street like cars will slur on my street. The asphalt will shine by no black under my feet. I don't complain. The sound of the rain is so sweet. The wind throws some rain against my window pane like a friend calling me outside to play. Now he knows I love a windy day and he knows I got a little rhyme to say. It's a rain song spinning in my brain. Here it comes turning round again Says rain, rain, stay all day Keep the sky still wool gray I wanna stay inside and play Pick up my guitar and say Hey rain, rain, cool me down Let the steam roll off this town Like the roots of trees deep underground I wake up when I hear the sound Of rain, rain through the night On into the cold gray light If I have my love to hold me tight I turn the light out and make things right as rain But she ain't here, she's nowhere near And the things I whispered in her hair Wherever she is, she's got them there Still hear all my favorite things she said When we were lying in our rain bed Did you Ever notice how the rain sounds like an old LP when you put the needle down? Crackle and hiss of a day like this makes for a sweet kind of laziness. I could practically kiss the roof above my head. Cause I'm trying, lying in my rain bed. I get all these rain thoughts in my head Every time I'm lying in my rain bed I think of all the graveyard dead Oh, and I think of them lying in their rain bed Or that river creeping up the watershed That river is gonna roll out of this rain bed Sing the rain from A to Z. Woo-hoo. I sing the rain, lying in my rain bed. Lying in my rain bed. Lying in my rain bed. Here we go. Lying in my rain bed. That's Karen Raymond with Rain Bed from his fabulous 2016 album. It's entitled Hobo Jungle Fever Dreams. Mm-hmm. I'm Jan Hall at the Folk Music Ontario Conference. This is the 30th annual conference. We're in Ottawa in what I like to call the mobile studio. Most people say it's a hotel room. And i got to be honest, this room is a little small. But the good news is I have my first guest with us, and that is Corin Raymond. How are you doing today, Corin? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's uh, it, I'm, I'm happy to be up. 
<laughs> I was going to say he's he's doing very 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 well. Hobo Jungle Fever Dreams is definitely one of my favorite albums of the year. Absolutely no doubt. Corin, you're really known for someone who really loves to to craft a good lyric. Who I would say must spend a lot of time on wordplay. Now there are a lot of great tracks on this album. We decided actually because we had an interview early in the year, we should play something a little different. So we. Uh, we played Rainbed, which I think is a song you wrote with Sean Cotton. Is that right? That's right. We were calling ourselves the Undesirables for many years through my 20s. I wrote uh, lyrics uh, w- with Sean Cotton um, at composing. And uh, the two of us, uh, yeah, the two of us had a, had a little career together. And that was really what kind of launched me into this life, um, was, was writing and playing with him. And... Uh, he's still in, still in my musical life. Uh, we don't play together anymore the way we used to, but he is not. There's two songs on Hobo Jungle Fever Dreams that we wrote together, one of which was never recorded. He plays on the album and sings with me on the album. And uh, I love the man dearly. And uh, he, he's he's really been he was he was the instigator. He was the one that he, I, I have him to blame for this life I live. And I imagine that as well as writing together, you probably played together quite a bit as well. Yes, uh, we did. There were there were years when uh, that's all. That was the only the only gig I, I I had, and was the only the only uh, act that I was I was in was was the Undesirables, and we did that for uh, a solid ten years. Now a lot of people will know you from the Paper Nichols album and the wonderful uh, Canadian Time Money Caper. Which I gather is it still going on? I mean, people give you still people give you Canadian still tire money. Give me Canadian tire money everywhere I go. the The beautiful thing is, I mean, for any listeners who aren't aware, through a sort of magical collision of uh, serendipitous circumstances, I was able to pay for the making of a double album uh, with Canadian tire money. The total, the studio which accepted the tire money at par the the total bill was seven thousand three hundred thirty three dollars and seventy five cents and it was given to me mostly five cents at a time anyway what happened after the album came out is that people continued to give me canadian tire money but the the double album you're talking about paper nickels on which i I cover at least 15 of my peers um the albums comprised mostly of songs by colleagues and friends and other writers from across the country and so i owed them all uh royalty money and uh i think it was scott cook who sung uh the lord giveth and the landlord taketh away uh i i cover on the album and he was the first one who said hey like i know people are still giving to you i could use it to gas up so you know you pay me and get any entire money and then i and then everyone sort of started saying yeah, you you know, pay me in Canadian tire money, and now I've paid I think close to eighteen hundred dollars in Canadian tire money royalties, songwriting royalties. Which, it, the, so the story, I'm I'm not asking for it. It just sort of is still, you know, it it continues. It it just has its own life, and and I think going, doing a project like that where you are covering other songwriters' songs or the current project where you work with people, my sense is that you really enjoy getting together with people and working on material, whether you're, you know, writing a, a song, just two of you, or getting out and perhaps playing with a few folk at the same time. I think um, collaboration is just more fun. I mean, especially with where, where writing is concerned, because uh, 
I'm not as hard on myself as I used to be, but I find writing very difficult. I, I've never found it easy. Uh, and, and although writing on, uh, on my own can certainly be fun and, and uh, is rewarding, it's often arduous and um, can be a difficult headspace to spend time in. Um, there's a lot of pressure, at least for me anyway. I, a lot of, put a, a lot of pressure comes to bear on myself and, and, and my state of mind. And I find when you write with other people, it's, uh, you know, it's more fun. It's this, it's, you can throw things back and forth and, uh, you could, you loosen up and, you know, and this, that's what's so beautiful about this. You know, here we are at this conference, Spoke Music Ontario, and here we are on the eighth floor in, in Ottawa. And this hotel is packed with people making music and people who love music and, you know, this is what makes it all worthwhile is that music is a social enterprise and that we get together and that when we write songs, we get to sing them for people and play them with musicians. And that, you know, and that's what makes this whole life fun is that is getting together on things. And so I think that just happens naturally. I think it's just a, it's a kind of a social craft. So take us through the, the songwriting process a little bit, because I'm not clear whether you actually get together with you know an idea that you've been working on whether it's a song that you're mostly finished you need a little bit of help to polish it up uh, whether you're looking for someone to perhaps you know help with the the musical arrangement that it's going to have or, or you know my sense is the lyrics a lot of the lyrics must come from you i mean we're not going to be able to play morning glories from the album which is absolutely one of my favorite songs it's the kensington market song yeah um was that all your lyrics on that song yes Yes, Morning Glories was all my lyrics. But that was a song that, that took four years. It was sort of, the lyrics were kind of collected over four years. It was, uh, I mean, the lyrics to that, as as you know, are um, they're quite, it's quite dense. Like, um, there's a lot going on in, in that lyric. And um, I'm not capable of writing something that rich, you know, off the top of my head. So it was something that I, it was something that I just sort of, yeah, I, I chipped away at it for uh, for a number of years, and uh, and I, I'm I'm really happy with with that song also. But yeah, the, the, what you're asking, I think it's different every time. I think every song and every collaboration, um, often what you described is how it happens. Often, um, like say with Jonathan Bird or uh, uh, other people I wrote with on the album you're talking about, I'll have a, a an idea that I have been working on that I'll show them and say, hey, check this out. And then, you know, sometimes something happens. Uh, they just bring energy to it or they respond to it or they throw something back at you and it becomes a conversation. So sometimes, uh, you know, the song will come from nothing. It'll just be something that comes up and it'll be the right moment and you'll be in the right place and you'll have the time and you'll make something that just didn't even exist the day before. And that's that's happened a few times. And I think I think every song is just a slightly different story there's no uh there's no set way there's a, there are so many doorways into songs um one of the collaborations on the album is with probably my favorite songwriter in the country um he lives in prince george bc and his name is ragu lokanathan and ragu and i were playing some shows together um years ago and this was a really fun collaboration that happened because we were at an after party uh, on Gabriola Island, 
we were just jamming and and I had come out on the train on the theater train I'd been singing on the train so I'd come three days on the train from Toronto to BC and uh, I had this line kicking around in my head it was was just two miles of train I was just thinking watching those train because the via rail you know of course they acquiesce to the uh you know the freight trains um go by and they go by and they go by and they go by and it's just such a it's amazing it's like you know it's like being underwater and watching a whale go by and it's like is this thing ever going to end like how big is this creature and uh i i just written down the words two miles of train and we were jamming on these chords that ragu was playing and then there was something that Jonathan Bird had actually said about a ragu song, because I had played Jonathan Bird a ragu song, because I play everyone ragu songs. And he was so stunned by this song that I played of ragus, and he, and he didn't know what to make of it. The song is called Sugar Candy Mountain. And as soon as I finished playing it, Jonathan Bird said the most amazing thing. He said, that's a hobo jungle fever dream. And of course, like I, you know, wrote that down, and that. So th those two sep things happened separately in different years, but then we we're having this jam, and the ragu's playing these chords, and there was upright bass, and it was, uh, you know, there was cherry blossom moonshine that provided the 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 that the host our host had made from the cherry blossoms from their front yard, and I I just started singing those words, two miles of train, shooting right through my brain. Got them hobo jungle fever dreams again. And we all just started singing it together. And Ragu and I, this was such a fun co-write because it just sort of happened out of this joyful time. And then the next day, Ragu and I were traveling together and we just, we, we puzzled out the verses, which was actually a friend of his a story. A lot of the stuff in, in the song um, is just a, just a report. Of a, of a motorcycle trip and a, a time when a, a friend of Ragu's lived on the street uh, in Phoenix. And uh, we just sort of, we just sort of put it together and it was so fun. And then by the end of the next day, when we said goodbye, um, we had this fun song. Let's play that just now. This is Corin Raymond from the fabulous album, Hobo Jungle Fever Dreams. And this is Two Miles of Train. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio and I'm Jan Hall. I've been north and south and south and north I've been forth and back and back and forth But right now, I'm just underneath this tree If I had a watch, I'd be keeping mine On Big Rock Candy Mountain time That way I'm always where I need to be And singing Two miles of train Shooting right through my brain Got them hobo jungle dreams again Two miles of train Shooting right through my brain Got them hobo jungle fever dreams again There's a cherry blossom moonshine breeze Underneath these willow trees Yeah, this spot was just too sweet to ignore I mean, how much luckier could we have been? The junkies moved out and we moved in. Camp right here behind the liquor store. All singing, two miles of train. Shooting right through my brain. Got them hobo jungle fever dreams again. 
train shooting right through my brain. Got them old, old jungle fever dreams again. Busting up mesquite for a little heat and southern Christmas cheer. Lost and found, lightning dan, psycho and the frying pan. Tonight I wish that they could all be here. Yeah, and sing two miles of train, shooting right through my brain. Got them hobo jungle fever dreams again. I got Train shooting right through my brain. Got them hobo jungle fever dreams again. I got two miles of train shooting right through my brain. Got them hobo jungle fever dreams. That's Corin Raymond with Two Miles of Train from the album Hobo Jungle Fever Dreams, which, if I am right, is up for a Canadian Folk Music Award. Is that right? Yeah, I think two even. Two. Uh, well, because um, there's a nomination for Contemporary contemporary Album. Uh, but then David Gillis also... Um, for the production. Yeah, a producer uh, nomination, which is fantastic. Um I love what David Gillis did uh, on that album. And um, yeah, it's nice to see him being recognized for that. I know he's a fabulous player, obviously uh, worked with his daughter, Ariana Gillis, for a long time. But it's nice to see, actually, this is a bit of an aside, but getting out and playing more of his music again. Is a, yeah, and he's a, a fantastic thing. songwriter. He's a fantastic songwriter. He, he he's, like a, he's like a kid, you know? He just ha- He's so... He's so playful. It's like he never lost that um, ability to just to just play at any moment, and that's and 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 to and to think outside the box. Like he really writes like a he really he really uses his imagination. You know, just the way children do. He just he he'll just come at a song from a from an angle that you would never ever think. Um, you know, he'll write something that you just I. I He's such an inspiration, and actually, when I started hearing his songs, Ariana, Ariana's imagination made a lot more sense too. I, I, it, it, you know, when I started hearing David Gill's songs, I, I, I started to understand better 
you know, where, where Ariana, who, whose music was so m wonderful and mysterious to me and still is, but it, it explained a little bit for me, like where, where she came from, she, it, you know, because before it was like she was from another planet and it's kind of, it's planet Gillis is where the, where they're both planet from. Gillis. Yeah. Can we um, talk a bit more about the, the lyrics and the, the songcraft and, and the wordcraft itself, because that that I find fascinating, and I may have asked you this question before in a previous interview, but I want to ask it again about this: uh, whether you have a a desire to to write as a as an author, whether that's something that will happen outside of songwriting. I think it will, and I say that mainly because I just love to write, and I don't have nearly enough time. Writing requires time. And I'm a full-time independent artist. I make a living singing and, and playing music and selling records. And it's just such an enormous expenditure of energy and time that it's not often enough that I can actually sit down and write. But when I do, like for instance, right now I'm working on a couple reviews of, of records by friends of mine. And I'm, I've started a book blog where... Uh, you know, I'm actually reading 100 of my own books. That's right. I think on the, the, the 100 books that you have on the shelf at home. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I have too many books at home and uh, we've just moved. And so just moved like over 60 boxes of books. And it just, I'm such an accumulator of books. And it's been a bit of an, as an, an addiction almost. I mean, it's, I just can't walk by books without purchasing them, and uh, which is wonderful. And it's a rush, you know. It's, it books are purchasing books is a drug on its own, but uh, you know they're books that I've been, you know, owned for over twenty years, and that I'm just starting to realize I'm turning forty-four next month, and you know, I just start to realize that. I don't want to let another 20 years go by without reading them. So I decided I'm going to read 100 of my own books before I purchase another. And that feels really good. And then I decided just to give it, just to keep me focused, that I would just post a little report about each book, of each of the 100 as I read them. So I started a little uh, the 100 book blog on my website. And uh, it's really great, but it's also just got me writing. It just, I've, I've, I think I'm five books into my 100 and this is recent and this is just to answer your question i just i just write I, I think communication is what i do best i'm a communicator and that's why my songs work is because i have a deep need to communicate and i do that through songwriting and um but i think i just have that need to communicate and i think that's what you know i think writers write and they have I think often it comes out of a need to communicate, and so whether I'm going to whether I'm writing this blog or writing reviews or, as you say, I, I think I may end up uh, when I can make the time. I I I think I'm going to sit down and and start working on a book. And I've written two one man shows, um, one called Bookworm, which is, you know, concerned with the power of reading and. Um, my relationship with my dad, you know, Bookworm is the story of me growing up with my father and this really the story of our relationship told through the books that he shared with me when I was a kid. And that's an hour long. That's a 10,000 word piece. And and it gave me an opportunity to kind of write a love letter to my father that 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 I, I've never been able to um, with a song. And so there's an example of something I wanted to celebrate and I wanted to talk about books and uh, what they've, how they've shaped me 
and what they can, what they, what they have, what, you know, and it was just, it was something that I could never write about in, in a song. And, and there, there's an example. And I feel like there is a, a book in me and I feel like maybe there's more than one, but you really need to be able to show up in the same place every day uh, and, and give something like that the hours that it requires. And that's something I have not been able to do. Stepping back from the book blog to your songwriting and bearing in mind that, you know, you had the Paper Nichols double album, Hobo Jungle Fever Dreams arrived this year. I'm, I'm curious as to whether this book blog might actually form a basis for another album. You know, they, you know they're actually songs that, you know, might be based on some of the experiences you get when you start to, to look into this material? Well, that's interesting that you say that because um, I am actually dreaming of an album that it will take years to, to complete. This is something that's going to be ongoing. Um, I will put out other albums before the, this one that I'm dreaming of. But the dream I have is to put out an album on which every song has a book you know, as a sister book, every song, uh, like songs from books. And I have a few because I've actually been commissioned twice now to write songs inspired by novels. The last one was Nina Ricci's uh, book, Sleep. Um, and um, there's an event that Dave Bedini and um, uh, Random House, Penguin Random House, uh, they do an annual event called Torn from the Pages in which they invite various writers and musicians to create something um, inspired by they send you the galley of the book and you spend time with it and create something uh, ex extrapolated from the book, inspired by the book. And then we all perform our songs and 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 uh, and whatever we've done at, at this event. Anyway, fantastic event. But the, the, the coolest thing about a free, I mean, it's the coolest book club ever because, you know, you get to read, the, you read the book, you have that experience, and then you, you know, you wrestle with your own, whatever it is you're going to contribute and and then you you get to like I, we got to hang out with Nino and and I you know he he's he's great and uh, it was super fun and I got to I read that book twice a very very intense book and I got to talk to him about the book and that really made me realize I really want to do an album on which in which all the songs come from books and I and I'd really like to engage the authors you know in, in conversation and because I really love the idea because there, there's such different mediums you know the, the, the writing a novel it's so different than writing a song and and especially like I was saying earlier about FMO and being here I mean it, the music is a social adventure it's a social enterprise it's a communal thing we do and novel writing um, although novelists need you know all the help they can get and support from everyone who who supports them, but they, it's not communal. And the novels, when the novel gets finished, they don't get to go around and sing it for people. And other people don't cover the novel, you know, and put it on their album. And, and so it's, uh, to me, it's a fascinating relationship when you can, you know, Nino was so kind when I wrote, when I wrote that song, he said that I had taken the book to the next level and that he actually, he, he wished that he could have quoted a lyric from the song on the back of the book. And that was, that was just, it was amazing to me that there was this dialogue between the book and the song. So it, just to answer your question, I, I am thinking in the long term of, a, of an album in which I can 
start conversations with authors and and you know and celebrate books and songs together it, that sounds like a great idea you know if we actually could invent a time machine you could even go back in time well we meet some of these you know great authors and that, then, that would be wonderful and, and talk about you know collaborating on on a song but we're gonna play another song from the album just now what I'd like to do is to, to take a break with the song that I think has one of the best titles that I've heard in a long time. And that is Best Demented Cowgirl Face that I understand, I think is, am I right in thinking that's the only song in the album that is actually uh, somebody else's song? It's composed by someone else and you're basically taking the opportunity it, to cover it's it. It's the only one. And to, furthermore, I've put out four albums as Corn Raymond and on each of my four albums I have covered this man so on each of my albums uh, so far there is a song by doug norquay so tell us a little bit about his songwriting i met him actually the man who introduced us is here at this hotel right now his name is howard Druckmann, and uh he was uh working with doug norquay this is 20 years ago and um uh played me and he was he played me a cassette i i was introduced to doug norquay's music on a cassette called Cadillac Shoes, just floored me. The lyrics immediately just floored me. And uh, I'd never heard anything like it. And and I, after that, The Undesirables, who I meant we were talking about earlier, um, did a show uh, which Howard set up with Doug Norquay in Toronto. And we, so we, we were on a bill together. I was just so blown away by, he, he would play slide guitar and um, yeah, just kind of, bark out this poetry um really his writing was so exciting uh it's it's is so exciting to me um what he does with words and so i struck up a, an acquaintance with him and over the years although he stopped playing himself stopped playing music stopped playing gigs he continued to write at home and record at home and he would send me tapes um and send me songs and uh and so when I started making my own albums, I was playing some of these songs of his and they have become, in fact, just today, I, I when I woke up today, I got a message from a couple in, in uh, Texas, Hogan and Moss, and they are just putting out an album titled Ethel's Lounge, which is the Doug Norquay song I put on my first record. And they have covered, not only covered the song that I covered uh, and done a wonderful version of it, but... Um, they uh, they've titled their next record after a Doug Norquay song, so it's great. He'll be getting some uh, some money in the mail for that, and uh, I, that just makes me so happy because that's the whole point for me of of playing Doug Norquay songs is to let people know that you know he lives in Guelph and uh, that we have this fantastic songwriter who uh, is a you know is a bit is a reclusive. You know, he's a very solitudinal individual. Uh, in, solitudinal individual. I, I just invented a new word. Uh, he's a, you know, he's, there's no one else like him. And um, I'm just proud that I could, that I could turn some people on to his, his, his words. Let's play that song just now. This is Corin Raymond with his version of Doug Norquay's Best Demented Cowgirl Face from the fabulous album. Hobo Jungle Fever Dreams, and you're listening to Folk Roots Radio at the Folk Music Ontario Conference, and I'm Jan Hall. Dead air on the motel TV, found a skin book in the dream. 
uproar I was wondering where they get these women I ain't never seen before Cause everyone got to be somewhere Then again it's all been staged Somewhere out past where you give a shit There's somebody else's mail Paint your best demented cowgirl face right
That's Corin Raymond with Best Demented Cowgirl Face, the Doug Norquay song, <laughs> his version from the album Hobo Jungle Fever Dreams. We're having a great conversation at the Folk Music and Terror Conference. It's still pretty early because it's not long after 9 a.m. And bearing in mind that musical activities at this conference often go on well into the night, it's actually pretty good that we're both here and I hope when you're listening to this at home, we actually sound somewhat coherent. Corin, I, I wanted to take the conversation back to something you mentioned a few minutes ago, and that was moving, because you're moving from Toronto to Hamilton. Uh, obviously, Toronto has a huge music scene. Hamilton has a really good music scene too, but obviously it's a smaller city. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that and how it feels to, to believing uh, T.O. behind. Obviously, you're not that far away, but... Uh, deciding to move out to Hamilton. It feels fantastic. Um, my girlfriend and I have just moved and are still in the process of unpacking, and I think she's painting the living room right now as we, as we speak. But it just feels so good. I've I've lived in Toronto for 22 years. I've lived in the orbit of Toronto. I've lived in the, you know, I lived in Georgetown for 12 years, which isn't far. Toronto's been my city for most of my life and then will continue to be I mean and I love Toronto but Toronto is changing a lot and even the changes that have happened in the last 10 years it just doesn't it doesn't feel like a place that that I want to live anymore and um, I'm a full-time artist and uh, can't afford Toronto um, and it's not it's not worth what I can't afford in Toronto you know and moving to Hamilton I have space for the first time in my life. I have a, I have a, 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 a room that is for nothing but writing. You know, it's just, I have a den for the first time ever. My father was born in Hamilton and I've always loved Hamilton. I remember when I first started playing there 20 years ago with the Undesirables, I loved it then. And I've done the Hamilton fringe twice, which is such a fantastic fringe. And each time, over the last several years, each time I've spent time in Hamilton, it's just become stronger, this feeling of like, I need to be here. Like this, I love this place. And I was born in Winnipeg. Hamilton reminds me a lot of Winnipeg, which is the city of my childhood. In fact, I, I think of Hamilton as a little Winnipeg for a lot of reasons, artistic reasons, as well as just uh, the environment and the feeling of it that it hasn't been updated there's something it almost feels sometimes like hamilton is 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 in the 70s and it just feels like i don't want to actually say good things about hamilton though uh because i i want people to continue to believe what they believe about hamilton whatever that is um and you know when i hear people talk about winnipeg i i i, it's, I feel similar in a way uh i just feel like it's a secret in a way and hopefully, I don't want to wish that, you know, nobody's listening to this show, but I do hope that, that I do hope that uh, Hamilton kind of remains a secret because it's a special place. No, that's good you say that. I certainly have the, the same sort of feelings. I, I don't know if it's because it's a predominantly a blue collar city and, and, you know, it's gone through hard times. But every time I, I head through there, it, it feels that there is a a real connection, like the lifeblood is flowing through everything. I mean, it, you know, it has its challenges. You've got to kind of keep things, keep things going, but it, it's great. Can we talk about the live experience, live shows? You mentioned you're a full-time musician. You always have to think about this is how you, you make your living. Obviously, selling CDs is a wonderful thing. 
it's harder to sell as many of those as we could if we were sitting here in the 70s and weird suits and everything else. But uh, tell us a little bit about your live shows. I love performing. And I think uh, I was talking earlier about, you know, writing, being born of the drive to communicate. And I think I think that uh, songwriting is also, for me, born of this drive to uh, to sing and, and to perform. And I love telling stories. I love making people laugh. I, I think that performing is just something I got hooked on at a young age. And it's something I, I think I need to do. I think if I if I don't perform and if I don't sing songs for people, uh, I get unhappy. You know, it's something that, that brings me a lot of joy. And it's, uh, it's a great thing to be able to provide a, a good time for people and to lift them up. And I play every week. I continue to play every week in Toronto at a place called the Cameron House with my, my band, the Sundowners some of whom are here with me this weekend. We play Thursdays from 6 to 8 o'clock. And, and it, it never, I, I mean, it's just always beautiful to see how happy it makes people. And people come by after work or people come by who are, maybe they're having a hard time or they're, you know, or they've had like a bad day. And they come by and they just get reinvigorated and they get lifted up. And uh, so performing for me is... Um, it's 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 the joy it's the joy of of this you know it's it's also hard work and it's exhausting to negotiate all the geographical inconveniences and you know the financial and the to travel and all of that is it's a slog but the performing itself and and the connection with the audience is what is what is the coal that's what makes the steam that turns the wheel to 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 quote a lyric from Ragu, performing is the engine. If people want to learn more about your music, how can they do that? Uh, CorinRaymond.com. Uh, my name is, yeah, C-O-R-I-N, CorinRaymond.com. I think that's a good place to start. I think the best way to learn about my music is probably to uh, come out, come out to a show. That's, uh, that's the place to find me. Um, and, uh, you know, and you can find my records online, and um, you can uh, you can um, you can get them from me personally at any any performance I do. It's been great to talk to you today. We've just got one more thing to do, and that's play our final song. Uh, we thought we would play "Under the Belly of the Night," which, as soon as we talked about that song, you said, "Oh yeah, that kind of fits with the the conference." So tell us a little bit about that song. That song. I have a cousin named Edward who's also um, a, a musician. Um, like on the hobbyist a musician and um loves songs and he has a great expression when he really loves something when something really penetrates you know when something gives him a chill he'll he'll say that wow it's they're talking to the ghosts and i feel like that's to me what the the that was the hope for me with under the belly of the night is that it would be a song that could talk to the ghosts and in this case the, the ghosts of, of sam cook um, Buddy Holly and Jackie Wilson and uh, I just think it's a magical thing what is that wonderful poem by Alden Nolan where basically the poem says these people aren't dead how can they be dead we're listening to them like you know you put a record on and, the, and he says that people can explain to me how I can still be listening to this voice but no explanation really suffices you know and it's this that's not the poem, that's just what, but it's this wonderful poem about that very thing. And I feel like when I hear these songs and on the radio and, and, and when the dead sing, it's just this magical thing that can never really be explained. And I think that's what this song is about. 
And that's a perfect way to finish. Corin Raymond joining us at the Folk Music Ontario Conference from the album Hobo Jungle Fever Dreams. This is Under the Belly of the Night. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Thanks again. Thank you. On icy roads that night Or sleep in dirty clothes Through a frozen Minnesota night They spent a month of rent Get on that B-35 Went off the air Not a soul survived Singing that'll be the day I die The night before How could he know those words of love Would only hurt us more Man on the radio predicted snow Said the only stars to fall Over Clear Lake, Iowa They fell under the belly of the night Under the belly of the night Under the belly of the night But they're still on the air could find them there How many folks tonight are putting trouble on the run Laying a needle down on that Chicago preacher's son Having that party while the singer's singing from the grave He's out there now Twisting the night away Down the courtyard you could hear him on the radio Behind the walls of number seven Singing soft and low A couple moaning When the gun popped in the night above They heard the shot And kept making love Under the belly of the night Under the belly of the night Under the belly of the night A famous singer fell At the Evening Star Motel Jackie Wilson's heart is crying On commercial drive Long as there's an FM dial I know he's still alive If I should die I pray the radio My soul to keep If I don't wake Nine years of sleep Under the belly of the night Under the belly of the night I'll be there Under the belly of the night I'll be on the air You can find me there Under the belly of the night With the Holy Ghost Under the belly of the night No love that's love Will not fade away